0: Now I'm recording. Coming to you live. Here we are again. All right. Now, um, I mentioned Tuesday his day uh, that I would talk uh, about some major news. And I will, I will say to you, um, I, I don't like hyperbole. You know what hyperbole is? hyperbole is the most outstanding, stupendous, fantastic, wondrous, amazing word that has ever been spoken by mankind. That's the meaning of her hyperbole. It's like adding these adjectives up on top of a noun that make the noun look bigger than it really is. Like a like a chicken strut or a peacock throwing its feathers out or a bear or whatever, a cat bristling itself up. That's hyperbole. And so I don't like hyperbole much, but uh, there was something that happened uh, over the weekend uh, that I'm telling you is, number one, the halls of government in the United States are being shaken as we speak. And it's not doesn't have anything to do with the election. It has everything to do with the secret behind UAPs, unknown aerial phenomenon, UFOs, unidentified flying objects, flying saucers, aliens, and all of that. And it, and it, it shows you exactly where we are in this country as far as constitutional government. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, Yesterday, I was um, doing my study, done my thang, as people say, and um, simultaneously, let me click that, there we go. Simultaneously, I had YouTube going in the background and um, I'm I'm usually looking for... uh, Videos on uh, paranormal events, uh, flying saucer videos, things like. I, by the way, I've got one. I got one today. <laughs> Mind blown. Okay, but and that's hyperbole. But anyway, um, yeah, I found this video that when I when I, as soon as I saw it, I went. I know what that is. I I know exactly what that is. Um let's and I showed this last night, Wednesday night during church. <clears> you may have missed it. But um I want to show it to you here, and we'll put it in the context of things that we've talked about before on the Watchman Broadcast, things that we've talked about uh, here on Pastor Mike Online, and um we may go a little bit farther <laughs> with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate it when it does that. Uh, Numbers chapter 21, we have a story of the Israelites and uh, another another one of their momentous stupid decisions that they, that they made. On the way from Egypt to the promised land, Israel made some really dumb mistakes. I mean, mistakes that if you if you're gonna put your trust in God, people listen to listen to me. If you're gonna put your trust in God at the beginning, then put your trust in God and leave it there through the thick and the thin, through the good and the bad, through the climbing the mountains or down in the valleys, you leave your trust in God so that God in the end of it, will do for you what you cannot do and no one else can do for you. Does that make sense? Put your trust in God and leave it there. But Israel, I, mean, I do believe that Israel as a people, the Jews as a people, are very, I think they're very vindictive. I think they are, I think they worship money. Uh, all the things that people don't like about Jewish people, I agree with 100%. The fact that Jewish liberals in this country, um, in full support of a Palestinian state that will seek to do nothing but drive every Jewish person from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea and push them off into the sea and get them off of that land. And most liberal Jews in this country and around the world, for that matter, are in favor of Palestine. They're in favor of Hamas. They're going, free Palestine. And, and it just, I'm going, are you people... So dumb, so idiotic that you can't figure out that is exactly how things started in Germany. Remember that place, Holocaust? So they they are a contradiction to themselves often, but they're God's people. And I think God made them the way that they are as a race of people, so that we could look and see the mistakes that they made and say within ourselves, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make that mistake. And if I do make that mistake, then I know what punishment is coming to me, and I'll endure that. But if it's within me and in my strength ability, I will not do what they did. And that's what 1 Corinthians 10 is all about. Um, you know, they were, Paul said they were all baptized in the sea. And um, they all did drink the same drink that we drink, which is the word of God. And they all ate that same spiritual meat, which was the word of God. And, um, but yet they were not satisfied. And so here, here again, in Numbers, they're complaining again. Why did God bring us all the way out here? Moses, why did you drag us all the way out here only to let us die? Because you know we don't have anything to eat and we have nothing to drink. Well, I mean, except, you know, this manna that's been here every single day. And we can get as much as we want and stuff our guts to the full every single day and drink as much as we want to drink every single day. You know, we, have, we have that. But we don't have no Egyptian bread. We don't have any Egyptian spices. We don't don't have anything like that. I mean, you're complaining about things that you don't have, but you've got them. You just don't like the source of them or some reason like that. I don't know. But anyway, so they complained again, and God knew their heart. God knew them. So he says, Numbers 21, when the, after, they've, after they've whined and moaned and squealed and squalled at Moses, the Bible says, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Um, down here you see in Isaiah uh, chapter 40, chapter 14, which is the same chapter Lucifer is mentioned in. Uh, Number one, you see a cockatrice, which I've dealt with in a series called Cryptid Creatures. A cockatrice is a feathered serpent. Uh, What happened here? There we go. It's a feathered serpent, Um, which is interesting because Uh, By the time, if you remember, by the time uh, the first Jurassic Park movie came out in the 90s, number one, it was groundbreaking because for the first time, they were going to use CGI in a major way in this humongous blockbuster uh, motion picture. And, And they pulled it off. It worked. I mean, we we're watching this for the first time going that is amazing. Uh, but anyway, uh, by the time Jurassic Park came around, the the scientists who dig up, the archaeologists who dig up bones and so on, dinosaur bones, and they, they, they now had shifted a theory that the dinosaurs were more related to the birds than they were to other reptile species. Now, I don't know how true that is or not. I just know that here we have the Bible. And this if, if you think the Bible is a book of mythology, you're wrong. You're very wrong. Yeah, well, you know, the Bible mentions, uh, uh, um, um, now I drew a blank, uh, the uni- unicorns. Bible mentions unicorns. Yeah. And there was, there was a Siberian unicorn called Elasmotherium Sibericum. I can't, I can't believe I remembered that. The Siberian unicorn, and it was massive. This beast, probably as big as an elephant with one great big gigantic horn coming out of his head and you don't want to get in its way ever. And God actually compared his strength to that of a unicorn. Now, if the unicorns didn't exist, God just made a comparison with a myth, which is not God. Peter said, we have not used cunningly devised fables when we made note unto you the gospel. And so it's not made up stuff. It's real stuff. And so you have a cockatrice here that is a, it is a serpent with some form of feathery material, more than likely, I'm going to say, on its head um, to represent a crown. Um, But anyway, out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice. And this would be a, a feathered serpent, Quetzalcoatl, the main number one god of the Aztecs in ancient early Mexico worshiped the, the, the Aztecs there, they worshiped Quetzalcoatl and his name literally means feathered or plumed serpent. And they had depictions of him all over the place. Even on the, uh, uh, the pyramid at, uh, chicken pizza, uh, Ch- Chichen Itza. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, he's depicted there as a feathered Serpent. quetzalcoatl And by the way, he dies on a cross, something like this, which enabled the Catholic priest to go, hmm, I bet we could turn. We're going to save their souls. How so? of uh, Father, Father uh Ronaldo? Well, first thing we're going to do is going to get rid of all their idols and say that's evil. Okay. What are we going to do next? Well, the second thing we're going to do is give them new idols. What's the difference? Ours are right. Ours are the right idols. So they basically just turn these people over from worshiping one group of idols to another one. Okay, here's Jesus. He's the real Quetzalcoatl. Over here is his mother. Now, you might know her as some fertility goddess, but her name really is Mary. And they introduced a new form of idolatry to people who were already steeped in idolatry. No wonder. No wonder. They hate me in Turkana, Kenya. No wonder. Uh, Because I'm going to tell the truth to those people. If I love them and I care about them, then I have to, with a meek heart, as a gentleman, Give them the truth of the word of God and tell them, do not bow to idols. Don't do it. Don't pray to them. Don't do nothing. Anyway, his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. So serpents are real. Let me, let me show you another verse where the fiery flying serpents are located. Isaiah 30. Now I want you to take a look at this verse. And what you're going to see is the fiery flying serpents in a list with other animals. And there's something I'm going to point out here. Verse 6, the burden of the beast of the south into the land of trouble and anguish. From whence come the young and the old lion? I'm going to ask you a simple question. Do lions exist? Yes, they do. All right, good job. Number two, uh, the viper, does the viper exist? Yes. Got number two right. Uh, Let me skip over the middle one. Number four, they will carry their riches upon the shoulders of young asses. Do asses or donkeys exist? Yes. Okay, that's another, you got it right. And their treasures upon the bunches of camels. Do camels exist? Yes. Now in filtered and unfiltered. Anyway. uh, The viper and fiery flying serpent. So you have lions, serpents, camels, and donkeys. And all of them exist. And right in the middle of that list is fiery flying serpents. So what your modern scholar would have you do with this rather than believing exactly what it says and rather than believing in a super above natural identification for this creature they would they would rationalize it out and say whoa fella we think you're going too far with that now now come on down, calm down it wasn't a real fiery flying serpent. That's just the name that the, the ancient people of Sumeria and Mesopotamia, that's what they... They make up all kinds of stuff. But they tell you there is no such thing as a fiery flying serpent. So just calm down. Get over it. I did years ago. That's what they'll say. But if you look at this list, God putting fiery flying serpents right in the midst of animals that we know exist... They would have you believe then that God gave you hit, hit, miss, hit, hit. You can believe most of the Bible, but you can't believe all of the Bible, not the way it's written. And I'm just like, if it says it, I believe it. All right, now, this fiery flying serpent here, or these fiery serpents that bit the people, we know that they're spirits, we know that they're devils, because the remedy... To heal uh, the disease of their snake bite, of their venom, was not a logical, reasonable, uh, natural remedy that uh, you can give to someone who's been bitten by a serpent. And this will... uh, This will counteract the venom that's inside you and make it of no effect whatsoever. In other words, God didn't give him a formula. He didn't give Moses a formula. Now take this root, take these leaves here, compound them together, add a little olive oil, compound that together, and and make a plaster and put it on, right on the snake bite, and it'll draw the poison out and make it of none effect. God did not tell Moses that. He said, Moses, make a brazen serpent, put it on a brass pole and hold it up for all the people to see. And if they look upon the serpent, then they shall live. If any of them has been been bitten, they shall live. And lo and behold, everybody that looked lived. They escaped death even after being bit by the serpent. It was and." I would say that it was like it would be as if they had never been bitten to begin with. And why would I say that? It's because that's how God is taking care of my sin. It's as if if I'd never done it before. All right, now, uh, do these exist? Fiery, flying serpents, do they exist? Did they exist at one time? In a natural form. I think. Possibly yeah. Um, we know. We know bulls are real. Okay. Cow bulls. Which is a contradiction. Bovine. Bulls. We know they exist. We know they are real. In the natural world. Okay. But. Could bulls exist in the spiritual world as spirits? Well, let's think about it for a minute. When Israel left Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and they're at their base of Mount Sinai, what God did they build? What fashion did they make God in after the fashion of a bull or a calf? Okay, an ox or a calf. And uh, so that was, to them, that was their God. Uh, when uh, Jeroboam, when he took over the 10 northern tribes after Solomon's death, Rehoboam kept the, uh, the land to the south and the tribes of the south. Jeroboam took all the other 10 tribes cut them off north with him and and held them there and the first thing he did was have a temple built because they didn't want to go to Jerusalem anymore have a temple built and he he had two golden calves made okay he's he says I'm not going to commit the sins of my father I'm going way beyond that so he made two of them and so what he was doing was I think the Bible's telling us these are spirit beings and check out Psalm 22 We know that Psalm 22 is a reference to Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Those are the exact words Jesus spoke from the cross. He says uh, uh, down here, he said, uh, let's see, where is it? Yeah, um, they pierced my hands and feet. I may tell all my bones. They, They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them, cast lots upon my vesture. So here we have the cross uh, being prophesied of. And we have this phrase back here. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. So we have bulls now that have surrounded Christ, and yet we have no mention of that in the Gospels or in the New Testament. What was the meaning? Why didn't Why didn't somebody, one of the Roman guards or something like that, say, "Hey, you Jews, why don't you get these bulls back in the pen? They're disrupting our crucifixion. So get get over there and get them and knock this stuff off. We got it. We got people dying up here. They didn't do that because they didn't see them, but they were there. And I know they were there because Psalm 22 says they were there." Without a doubt, they were there. What form? They were spirits. And they compassed, they circled Jesus, had him trapped, and could be saying like, you're not going anywhere. If you dare get off that cross, we're going to push you right back on it. Jesus wasn't coming down anyway. All right, now, Fiery flying serpents. I have mentioned this graphic before. This is Dr. Stephen Greer's group called a CE5, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. A fifth kind close encounter is when um, it's human-initiated contact. Uh, All of these people get around together and... They try various cell phone numbers, and some of them are ham radio experts, and they're trying various ham signals to see if they can hear and talk to the aliens via ham radio or cell I made all of that up. You would think that as civilization advanced, would at least have some knowledge and awareness of what we call carrier waves how radio waves at certain megahertz can carry, the human voice can carry sound on radio waves. You would think that they would at least know about that if they were some uh, advanced uh, society from another planet, still the laws of physics are the laws of physics. And you would have think that they would have invented radios 10,000 years ago. And that would be how we would get in contact with them, but that's not how we're contacting them. Stephen Greer will tell you I started that he started doing this when he was in college, getting in contact with these spirits. How? By doing exactly what the Bible told him not to do, and that is deal with familiar spirits, converse with familiar spirits, have anything to do with familiar spirits. God said it repeatedly, don't do it. Now, I like to think that God is not so much being a a boss here and bossing us around and using muscle on us and say, look, pal, if you don't stop that chasing down them familiar spirits, I want to knock your block off. I, I don't think God's doing that here. I think God is putting out a warning to people in saying, don't get into these practices because there is no such thing as real magic powers that a person can have. There is no such thing as clairvoyance that a person can have. There is no And you're going, what, Pastor Mike? Let me finish. There is no such thing as telepathy or um, what are some of the other ones? Um, moving objects with your mind. Uh, causing others, people uh, to fall in love or to hate somebody or like somebody or whatever. You, there is nobody who really has that power. And there's not anybody who has the power to reach beyond the veil and pull somebody out who has already died so that you can speak to them. That's not real. What's really going on is a devil is uh, doing all of this. When you see a, a medium... Uh, fortune teller or whatever and they're going to show you uh just what they can do and and supposedly they can make things move number one some of those are magician's tricks follow james randy r-a-n-d-i and he's an old magician that goes around and he he went around busting psychics and people said they could see your aura and all that stuff he went around busted them up he offered i don't know how many it was like a million dollars to anybody who could successfully prove to him that they had some form of psychic powers, and you know what, he still got the million dollars. No one's ever been able to claim it. Now, you have you have um, Stephen Greer and his bunch. They're not contacting aliens. They're doing exactly what Hindu gurus were doing a thousand years ago maybe even 2000 years ago and that is fold your legs together look like a triangle make hand gestures because each mudra it's called has a, has its own power to it and supposedly When you make certain hand gestures, that increases the power of what you're trying to get. Um, You you can use different mudras. You can chant certain mantras over and over and over and over again. What did Jesus say? Don't do what the the heathen are doing. What the heathen are doing is vain. It doesn't work. But the devils want you to think it works. They want you to think you have great power as a human being. You have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. And so Greer says, we get in touch with them the way that I got in touch with them when I was in college, learning to be a doctor. What you do is you wad up, fold your legs, do your mudras, go into your chant, empty your mind, create a space Avoid an area of chaos in your mind so that you and this entity can connect to each other. Okay? It would look something like, if I were to make a symbol of what this connection looked like, it would look something like this. Like that. The upward triangle, the downward triangle. The upward triangle represents heaven. The downward triangle represents the earth. And they're joined together now. And so that's what Greer's doing. And all these people are meditating out there. And when you meditate, you're inviting familiar spirits. And when you invite them, if the conditions are right, which means... As long as there's nobody there that believes the Bible, then they're going to show up. And in this case here, they showed up in the form of, well, let's take a closer look at it. It even has a spine. You can see it. Look at that. That's a fiery flying serpent. Here's the head of it. Bum, bum. And Greer said that this person actually had a Kundalini eye-opening experience, whereby the serpent came up the 33 bones of its spine of their spine and opened up and touched their pineal gland and gave them awareness, sight. The only problem is when you activate the pineal gland, it puts you to sleep. Does't make you awake? But that's what they say they do. And so when I remember watching this for the first time, and I'm going, oh, no way. So I, did, I screen captured it. Well, yesterday, this came up on um, Slapped Ham. It's an Australian guy that collects paranormal videos every day. And there were some people out riding around in their car. And they got a notification on their phone. They had uh, installed cameras in their home, security cameras. And they got a notification that something was moving in their living room. And they're thinking like, who's in our living room? I don't know. Once you find out, okay, I will. So they get their phone out. They take a look at it. And they actually had a video of it. And it's a short video The thing moves rather quickly, but it's the same thing. It's a fiery, flying serpent entity. Not all of these paranormal things will look like flying saucers. Not all of them. You still have untold multitudes of angels, evil angels, that will look like people or that will look similar to people. But clearly, these are spirits that for whatever reason, they're in this house. I don't know these people, so I can't pass judgment on them. But I would recommend that they get their Bible out and start reading and believing it and find themselves a good King James' only Bible-believing church to go to. That's what I would recommend to them. All right. Now, um, let's see here. Discard. There we go. Um, oh, I know what I was going to do now. Uh, I got a video to show you. This is going to knock your socks off. If you are currently wearing socks, get ready for your socks to go flying off your feet. Um, this this took place... Uh, when did it take place? Um, I can't find a date. This is an Instagram feed. And I, I have a problem navigating Instagram. I haven't quite figured it out yet. Uh, so if you try to contact me through Instagram, just wait a year till I figure it out, all right? Um, oh, by the way, uh, we have a, a, a family that uh, follows our ministry now. And I, oh, I tell you what, I love these people. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to them in, in sort of a different way. Um, they just they just found out about us and, and um, uh, apparently they like uh, the things that uh, I have to say and so on. And um, now they're a little they're a little bit different type of people. Um, let me see here. Uh, I'm gonna. I gotta find the link. We're gonna check in on them. They do a live stream, uh, just about every day, um, uh, usually all day. And uh, when you check in on them, they'll be doing uh, different things and so on. So um, let's go over there. I their name is the Swagger Family, and when you see them, you'll see why they have got some real swag going on. And so again, this is their live. Uh, this is their live feed <clears throat> and um, sometimes you never know exactly what to expect, but this is the the swagger family let 's check in on them a cookie and yeah, yeah, it looks like they're having fun day, zoom, zoom, great to be all right well we 'll have to check in on them uh maybe at a better time all right uh, but, all right now uh We'll just go we'll uh we'll forget that for now we'll check on them later that's a little embarrassing I know uh, they were just having fun okay nothing nothing serious and uh maybe we'll check in later and maybe things maybe we can talk to them all right all right now this one you gotta watch this one do you see the bird do you see what kind of bird this is a UFO bird how do I know? Well, let's see here. Okay. Um, this is an owl. And a guy was taking a picture, a video of this owl just sitting there. Now, if you remember, in my report from MUFON, uh, this year at MUFON, I dealt with one of the speakers by the name of Mike Cleland. And they call him the owl guy. And it's because he started noticing that uh, every time he or other people were about to have some sort of close encounter, that oftentimes an owl will show up there as a harbinger or an announcer of, okay, the aliens are coming. Get ready. Um, This is actually, I believe, in the scripture. Now, we'll cover that in a minute too. But I want you to watch this video. Guy's just taking a video of, I'm going to leave the sound muted I don't know what people are. Sometimes that they leave curse words on there. Uh, but anyway, this is a this is a legit video. Okay, take a look. You see that flying in the background? Look at the owl. He's staring right at the guy with the camera. There's the UFO going in the background. He notices it now. It's still there in the clouds, right there. There it is. It's not a comet. It's not a uh meteorite that's barreling through our atmosphere. Ah, oh, the atmosphere. Oh um, it is it is a an unidentified object. We don't know what it is. But it doesn't appear to have any wings, doesn't appear to have any uh Jet condensation, uh, contrails they're called, not chemtrails. Um, and I'm going to get in trouble for that one. I know I am. Um, yeah, there it is still flying off. That's got to be going pretty fast, apparently. Um, the, I think the video is going to cycle around again. But it was the presence of that owl that I think stood out. Like I say, I think this guy is, uh, there it is, it's still there. Um, and apparently he thinks the UFO is still around too. Boy, it's got to be, it's got to be making uh, two or 3,000 miles an hour. Got to be at least that. and he, It was moving pretty fast. There it is again. Again, the owl's looking right at this guy, and all of a sudden, this is not this is not a video where a guy is videoing a UFO. This is a video where a guy is videoing a an owl, and it just looks out of place. Number one, it's broad daylight. Uh, number two, you would think that. By now, having been up all night, this owl would be somewhere in a dark place getting some shut eye. But he's not. He comes out here, lands here for this guy. This guy gets whatever, his phone or his camera out, and begins to film this owl, and a, and a UFO comes right across in the screen. Um, there it is. Boom. There it is, right there. And the, I'm going to cycle back through this again. Watch the owl's head. Here's the owl, here's the UFO. He turned around and looked. He turned around. He turned his head around in the direction of the UFO. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. You know what? I love living in the days that we are living in right now. Why, Master Mike? It's bad out there. It's going to get worse. I know. And the darker this world gets, the brighter we Shine. Somebody say amen. Amen. Uh, Owl. Owls were on the protected species list. God's God's version of the uh, environmentalist wacko list. It was an unclean bird, meaning that you can't eat it. Well, why not? Maybe owl is good. Well, it might be. Have you ever seen what an owl. E- In fact, have you ever seen what an owl burps up? Um, Mike, uh, what's his name, used to do dirty jobs. Uh, he worked with a guy who cleaned up um, owl uh, regurgitation, I'll put it. It was these clumps of, like, fur and feathers and bone all mashed up together into, like, a big, huge mouth poop, okay? (laughs) And, I mean, they would just be full of that. So why would you eat an animal that eats everything, swallows everything, When it finds a mouse, it swallows the whole mouse. Guts, poop, and all, right? So why would you want to eat something like that? God says it's unclean. And he mentioned it like the owl, the nighthawk, the cuckoo, the little owl here, the owl and the nighthawk, the little owl. Notice Job 30. Oh, look at this one. Um. Let's back it up a little bit. Verse 25, did not I weep? For him that was in trouble was not my soul grieved for the poor? When I looked for good, then evil came unto me. And when I waited for light, there came darkness. My bowels boiled and rested not. The days of affliction prevented me. I went mourning without the sun. Uh, People, if, if you ever find yourself in a place of spiritual darkness, there is only one solution for you. And that is, it is, turn the light on. Turn the light on. It'll be the hardest thing you do. I I promise you. I've had days where, I mean, I just felt like I needed to read the Bible. And every time I'd start, phone would ring, text message would come in. People called up one of my girls, a, a dad, uh, so-and-so's on the phone. They want to talk to you. Okay. And I just, you end up going, what's the use? So I'm telling you, it may be the hardest thing you do. But do it. Uh, I went morning without the sun. I stood up and I cried in the congregation, I am a brother, look at this, I'm a brother to dragons. Those are your reptilian what the world calls reptilian aliens. We know them as the dragons of the Bible. And just to just to verify what I believe, uh, the young man that called me, that attended our uh, our UFO conference in Lafayette uh just a few miles away from uh, uh, Purdue University there in Indiana and this young man came and he no he came to Mufon that's what it was he came to Mufon and and either Lisa or Olivia gave him uh DVDs and he watched them and there were some of them that he really liked some of them he didn't, but he had changed his opinion of God. And so uh, the question that he asked me was um, why do I say that all the aliens are bad? Which is a good question, and it deserves an answer. And um, so I didn't, I, I had to think while I talked about it, but finally it dawned on me. In Revelation twelve, there's a war going on, and there is there's no doubt of who is on whose side. The the dragon and his angels fought. And Michael and the two-thirds of an endless number. I love that. Two-thirds of an endless number fought in heaven over custody of heaven and the devil loses so he gets cast to the earth and all of his angels are cast out with him so the question of can there be good dragons not really not the way not not from what i see in the scriptures dragons and this is this is what got me started on this i for some reason I wanted to study dragons because I felt like, you know, maybe there's some wisdom there in knowing what these dragons are. And, you know, why are they, what happens when they get together? Where do they live? And out of that came the study where dragons live. And I tell people if you don't want dragons in your life, quit making a nest for them. It's that simple. If you don't want dragons, let's say your dragons, um, let's say your dragons are always got methamphetamine with them. And so every time they get around you, you know that they have meth in their pocket. You know they've got extra. So what do you do? You ask them for meth. And they'll give it to you. I've never I've never seen a full-blown drug addict, pocket full of drugs, who said to somebody, look, listen, I can see you're in bad shape. You can't handle the drugs the way I do. I'm not giving you any. Come on, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I've never seen anybody... Not give drugs to somebody who needed drugs, okay? And I'm talking about drug addicts. But anyway, let's say that these dragons all have methamphetamine, or they have they have heroin, uh, or they have people are people are purposely whew, people right now are purposely buying. Um, what's the drug? went blank. Um, It's what they give you right after surgery. And it knocks pain right out of the ballpark. Um, Oh, my goodness. Why why am I not thinking of this? It's right there on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, uh, somebody will text me in a second. But anyway, um, there are people who are purposely buying that drug. One lady... I saw her YouTube video. She was sentenced to prison because she was giving her baby this drug. There was a couple in the St. Louis area several years ago. They got tired of the baby crying all the time. And so they what they did was they took a little bit of heroin, they rub it on the baby's lips, and lo and behold, the baby died. Can you imagine that? How did, in the world did that happen? We don't know. We didn't do anything wrong. Uh, anyway, um, I'm a brother to dragons. All dragons are evil. They're just evil. Why? Because they love to stay in places where there's death. They are all, in fact, here, let me, let me show it to you. In fact, they'll do it like this. dragons in their pleasant palaces. Let's type in dragons. Not drasgans. Not drag queens. Dragons. Uh, Right here. Where the dragons live, the place of dragons is the shadow of death. Thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. And that's not the only place. That's one witness. Um... Let's see here. The dragon shall thou trample underfoot. Um, let's see here. I know there's another one somewhere. Um, Isaiah 34. Isaiah 35. Oh, come on. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Here we go. This will work. And I will make Jerusalem a heaps and a den of dragons will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. That works. That works. In other words, whenever there's a mess and everything is busted up, broken, and nothing's, nothing works, nothing's going right, it's a waste land area and nobody will live there because it's so blighted. Nobody wants to be associated with it. That's where the dragons will be. And incidentally, that's where the drugs will be too. Some of you know this. Some of you, listening to me right now, you know where to go find drugs at. You do. And I'll say this. Some of you even know where to find images. Juvenile images. Some of you know where to find them. Okay? Okay? Uh, you got, you got pulled into something that you need to get out of. That's a shadow of death. It's a den of dragons and they don't let go of people easily. They don't. Uh, let's see here. A den of dragons, same thing here. Um, here we go, there's another one. Hazar shall be a dwelling for dragons and a desolation forever. There shall no man abide there, nor any son of man dwell in it. There's a, there's a clue to you. The son of man will not dwell in a place where the dragons do live. You can't have them both, people. You can't have them both. All right, back to owls. Another one here. Um, that's Isaiah 13. Owls shall dwell there and satyrs shall dance there. I talked about that Tuesday. Um, go take a look at it. Um, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? Um, I have just, just because I like, uh, for people to see, The Patterson Gimlin film, um, let's see here, right here. Uh, The Patterson Gimlin film, I think, is without a doubt the most compelling evidence that there is currently for the existence of a bipedal, which means they walk on two feet. Um, a bipedal, um, hominid means it's sort of humanoid in its appearance, but it is a beast. It has the face of a man. That's what gets people and freaks them out is it looks like there's a face looking back at them. So let me put that up on the screen for you. This is Uh, Someone took the time to to slow the Patterson-Gimlin fin down. Let me do this. Let me back it up to the beginning. This is what's known as patty. Now, very quickly, patty, here is her, I think it's called a sagittal crest. If you were to look at her skull, she would have like a, like a mohawk uh, made of bone tissue right down the center of her skull gorillas have it and it's what gives gorillas that big lump of fat and skin and hair up there uh and makes them look bigger okay it doesn't really serve a purpose it just makes them look bigger all right um why am I losing my feed again? Hello? All right, anyway, to those of you who are still watching, and we'll watch it in the recording. So this is Patty here, and you will see here in a in a little bit, she has um, a clearly defined... I'm going to have to use phrases... A clearly defined rear-end crack. Okay? This is not a a monkey suit. It's not a gorilla suit. It's not. People who make gorilla suits now for Hollywood have watched this and said, Man, if somebody made that, they could have made a fortune in Hollywood. Because this actually is so form-fitting to the person wearing it. That it doesn't droop and flop the way an overblown suit would, would do. This actually shows muscle movements underneath the skin. And, I just have to say this, this is not her left hand protruding out here. This is a female Sasquatch, Okay. Uh, so now, we'll hit play. Um, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, they were uh, taking, a—I uh, think it's an 8mm camera, out into the forest near Bluff Creek, California. And uh, it's a national forest area. And they were going to make a documentary on looking for Bigfoot. And so there's a lot of what's called B roll on this film that it shows where one of them is holding the camera and the other one is got a pack horse and he's leading a pack mule or a donkey or something like that behind it, riding through the woods, you know, going over logs and going through the creek and this and that and the other. He's shooting a lot of secondary B roll films so that somebody narrating the film. Has some gives you something to look at while he's doing the narrating. All of a sudden, the horses stop and they start rearing up because they saw Patty just up the creek aways crouched down and apparently getting a drink of water. When Patty saw the horses, she got up and turned and started walking off. Roger Patterson, who I believe was holding the camera at that time, jumped down off of his horse, which is why for the first couple seconds or so, the film is almost useless, because Patterson is bouncing up and down. He's trying to put himself in a position where he can see this creature in full view, and he gets to a point to where he settles down a little bit, but now with modern uh, computer technology that has the ability to uh, take a, a piece of film where it's all bouncy and jumpy and make it even, okay, clearing up the uh, uh, the bounciness and so on, which is something that Hollywood didn't even have for years. Now we can do it on home computers. So, here's the famous look. She's about she's turning her head, she's about to look. There it is. That's oh, by the way. Here's here's my little big feet, guys. Uh they don't look too good. They don't look too good. He looks like he's uh looks looks like he's been out all night. Okay. Maybe they just don't like each other's smell. I don't know. They just don't look good. Okay, so anyway. Here's the famous image right there of Patty, her arms out, and you can clearly see right here two protuberances. Um, And if your child comes up to you and says, mommy, what's a protuberance? Good luck. Um, Anyway, I'll hit play here. Here's another one. And uh, she's going to start turning her head again. There she goes. Now, He's moving. Obviously, you can see the the blurriness in the camera. Um, there it is, starting all over again. You can clearly see her backbone. I mean, look at that. You can clearly see where her spine is. That that was not known to be done with a gorilla suit, even in Hollywood. In the mid-60s, I think this is around 1965, 66 maybe, they didn't have a, a suit like this in Hollywood. And understand, suits like this don't just come out of a machine. People have to take and poke hairs of various animals into these suits one at a time. And that's why they cost so much. So a person in a suit, and I know a guy that's claimed to be the guy in the suit, and it's ridiculous. This guy that claimed to be the guy in the suit is no more than five foot ten, and clearly this is not five foot ten. Clearly, there's her little backside there. Oh, what happened here? Let me start it over again. You can see her backbone. Uh, still, even now, you can see her backbone. Starting the the footage all over again. There was, I have footage, I think, of maybe, yeah, I know I've got more than that. Hang on a second. Let me play Facebook, this find Bigfoot, The Patterson. Oh, yeah, this is the one I was talking about. That's image stabilization at at work right there. You can see how Roger Patterson is trying to move around to get a good view of Patty. I got to move on here in a minute. I wanted you to see, okay, this is the video where you're going to see Patty's crack, her backside cheeks, okay? Uh, This is basically a footage or a a picture taken of where uh, she was walking. You can see how big she is. This is pretty big. Uh, Let me skip it forward a little bit. Here we go. Notice the feet. Nobody walks like that. You don't walk like that. You don't. Um, You walk. You never lift your foot up at a 90. Look at the angle of this. This is a 90-degree angle right here. And this is typical of what people have seen Who have who have seen uh, or had a Sasquatch sighting or a wild man or a Yowie, but no one picks their feet up like this on purpose. It's hard to do. I've tried it. It's hard to do. But her skeletal structure is different. Her center of gravity is different. Allows her to do this. She even walks backwards very well too. By the way, now notice here, right there, you can see it. That's not a costume. If it is, it's the most uncomfortable costume ever made. Here we go. There we go. oh, I like this one. I like this one. I want to back up. There we go. Look at that. That's what you're looking at right there. See how big she is? This is no guy, this is no five foot ten guy in a suit. It's just not possible. Again, you're dealing with 8 millimeter film. It's about that big, okay? I'm restoring a bunch of 8 millimeter films that my father-in-law made. He bought an 8 millimeter camera and a projector years ago when Lisa was little and took a lot of films of her family and I bought a machine, you put the film in and it it runs the film and captures it frame by frame and puts it on an SD card. I love it. I think you can get it at Amazon if you want one. But anyway, I wouldn't pay somebody 100, 200 bucks. Notice this. Notice this area right here. What do you notice about it? There's no fur there, or very little. Why isn't there? Well, let's just say that these things walk a lot. Okay, they do. And um, you can see the motion of her arms being held tight to her body and the swing of her arms. That's her feet right there. But her arms held closely to her body and it rubs the hair off. okay. Here's the last moment. She's going into the woods. Again, look at how big she is. This is, as I said, probably the best, without a doubt, the best overall footage of a Sasquatch. Uh, Professor Jeff Meldrum, University of Idaho, has been collecting... Uh, Bigfoot footprints for years. And he's a tenured professor. I think he's head of that department. And, um, you know, he's, like I say, he's gotten a lot of flack from his colleagues, but he shows them on the footprints, look, this is not a a piece of uh, wood. This is not a mechanical device. This is nothing else. This is a uh, a hominid creature, bipedal uh, hominid creature, um, with characteristics of both human and ape together, hence the word saire or satir or whatever you want. Um, all right, now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, you know what? I know what we can do. Let's check in one more time on um, on our swagger family and see Uh, if they're, if they're ready to, uh, if they're ready to be interviewed, I I would like to interview them and let me find the link again. And, um, let's see if they're, uh, let's see if they're going to be available. Hang on a second. Put it there. Okay. Here we are. Uh, the link's coming up now and we'll hit this and we'll hit that and oh there they are again <laughs> oh well okay uh, maybe now's not the best time anyway we'll try to, we'll try to get a hold of them again monday all right so be praying for the for the swagger's okay uh, a little tongue and cheek humor okay all right uh, the next video that i wanted to show you Um, Or the next, oh, it was a story. I know. Hang on one second. Um, I'm going to show you a a few stories I've been collecting over the last couple weeks dealing with the UFO issue. Uh, Here, in this one here, we have exclusive CI. This is from, I think, the Mail, um, Daily Mail, which is uh, Great Britain. Exclusive CIA secret office has conducted UFO retrieval missions on at least nine crash sites around the world whistleblowers reveal. A secretive, and I'll read this for you because it's rather small. A, In fact, you know what I could do? I'd make it bigger. How's that? There we go. A secretive CIA office has been coordinating the retrieval of crashed UFOs around the world for decades. Multiple sources told the Daily Mail. One source said that at least nine apparent non-human craft have been recovered by the U.S. government. Some wrecked from a crash and two completely intact. Why would you leave your ship here? I mean, even Star Trek, which is made up. I'm sorry, I just hurt somebody's feelings. Star Trek is made up, but they made up what's called the Prime Directive, which means that the Starfleet cannot, the United Federation of Planets, cannot interfere with any civilization's Advancement or evolution before they learn how to travel with a warp drive. Okay, that's all made up, but it's a good rule. You don't want to mess with a culture who's not ready for interplanetary travel. But here you have two perfectly intact vehicles, they were not crashed. And if they were not crashed, why were they left here? Oil change? Carburetor? Uh, Three sources briefed on those alleged top-secret operations told Daily Mail that the Office of Global Access, a wing of the Central Intelligence Agency's Science and Technology Directorate, has played a central role since 2003 in orchestrating the collection of what could be alien spacecraft. Okay, pictures of these guys. Uh, Let me make that bigger as well so you can read it. In July, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer co-sponsored a bill to allow disclosure of recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence. Now let me let me stop right here. You have um, ranking Democrats. By that I mean they've been reelected a few times, okay, and they uh, they have more power, let's say, than an incumbent. Congressman, someone who just got elected for the first time, and they're green as grass. They haven't been to the um, uh, to the uh, the the I don't know what to call it the the in initiation process or whatever, where somebody comes from an office at the NSA, opens up a briefcase, hands them a Manila file folder or a thumb drive, and says. We have everything on you that you have ever said to anybody. If we wanted to bring you down or blackmail you, we could and we would be good at it. You would never recover because we know everything that you do. Now, for the most part, we're going to leave you alone. But on things that are important to the security of this country... We are going to uh, make sure that you play ball our way, by our rules, and not your own and not anybody else's. I, I do. I think that happens. I think that happens to uh, Supreme Court members. I can't prove it, but I think it happens. I think once people get in office, elected office, they get uh, shackles of iron clapped on them, and they can't escape, and they have to play the game exactly the way they're told to play it. So what's interesting is that you have a lot of Democrat leaders. Bill Clinton wanted to do it. Jimmy Carter wanted to do it. Hillary promised that when she she got in the Oval Office— that she was going to open up all the secret files on UFOs. Well, lo and behold, she didn't win. Imagine that. And the guy who never said anything about UFOs, other than, you know, I've heard things, I'm not sure if I believe it, just a generic answer, <clears throat> he's the guy that actually got elected. Okay? You can, I mean, that's a fact. You know, is it true or not? I don't know. But anyway, why is it that all these liberals are pushing for government disclosure and for the United States government or factions of the U.S. government wanting them to open up all these secret files now that they've been collecting for years, and and uh, turn over all this evidence and show them, you know, take a news crew and show them the nine craft that we have that uh, Bob uh, Bob Lazar first told about back in the mid-80s? Why is it that these liberal Democrats are the ones who seem to be on E.T.'s side? Meanwhile, you've got these mean, evil Republicans. That's how the news is portraying them. That's how the UFO uh, groups are portraying them, these mean, evil conservative uh, quasi-christian Republicans they don't want anything released on it and I'll tell you what um, Luis Elizondo was told to his face while working at the pentagram, pen, pentagram, <laughs> while working at the Pentagram on the UFO project he was assigned to Remember, he, he was in charge of ATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And so he said a top-level pentagram official came to him. He said, I won't tell you what name or what branch of the service, but he does wear a uniform. And he, he told him, he said, uh, Luis, you might as well stop doing the research that you're doing and elizondo said okay sir uh can you give me a reason why he said it's not necessary we already know what they are and elizondo said okay well he's thinking maybe in his mind a like a very super secret special access program that he didn't have you know clearance to look at he said sir do you mind telling me what that is And this senior official at the pentagram said, these are demons. Devils. Now, Chuck Schumer and AOC versus a couple of Republican lawmakers. Which one's telling the truth? The conservatives. There is a reason why they see this uh, event and this phenomena as a legitimate threat, not just to America, but to the entire world. God sees them that way. In fact, God's going to send them. For what reason? Because we won't live right. I don't know if you've noticed or not, This country is on shaky ground right now. We're not doing well as a nation. We are full of marijuana. We are full of fornication, full of drunkenness. We have literally no protection on our borders at all. In fact, what we have is... Thousands of immigrants, or illegal immigrants—I'll call them like it is—illegal aliens, thousands of them coming across on trains, coming across, just walking across the border, going across the uh, the Rio Grande or whatever, and no one stops them. We're not, we're not we're not doing good. We're not well. And uh, but anyway. That's that's my my take on who's who here, and I got to get to the point of uh, an article here. So give me a give me a give me a moment. This is not the article I wanted to look at, but I did want to show you that um, they um, they take it seriously. This this is a real phenomenon, people. This is not Santa Claus. CIA does not do operations. Uh, dealing with Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. Here's another article here. U.S. Space Farce wants to track abnormal observables with unknown origins in Earth's orbit. Uh, Let me pull up a a picture for you. And uh, you can study this. It's called the Black Knight satellite there we go now some of these some of these images are CGI I I get that okay but some of them are not this one is a real in fact it I guess it has its own Wikipedia that's a real image uh, apparently apparently There has been a satellite that's been flying around and orbiting our planet for quite a while. Um, I'm not going to say a whole lot more about it now, but uh, here's, here's another. It's a little, okay, this is like a video of it, a very quick one. And, okay, that's not it. But anyway, look up the Black Knight satellite thing. I wouldn't look it up on Wikipedia. they will just tell you that it's bunk and there's nothing to it. Move on. And yet you have now a, a branch of the United States government. Not MUFON. Not uh, the Trailer Park 5 who get together once a month and talk about the UFO things that they saw. We're talking about a a military branch of the United States that wants to track what amount to orbiting UFOs that are orbiting our planet as we speak right now. Um, But that's not the story I wanted to get you. Hang on one second. Where is it? Well, I thought I had it I thought I had it saved. Hang on. I have it on my phone. Or maybe I don't. All right. Let me just let me just tell it to you. I'll just say it. I'll just say it out loud. How's that? While I put... Uh, no, not that. Not that. Not that. Uh, I know I'm wasting a lot of your time. I apologize. Um, I had PowerPoint opened up here. Okay, I think this might be it. Uh, Yeah, I'll start there. That's good. All right. Over the weekend, if you remember, I talked about a uh, congressional hearing where they invited uh, David Grush um, and a couple other uh, Navy pilots, our top gun pilots, the best in the world at what they do. Um, that fouled a giant, thirty-foot-long tic-tac over the Pacific Ocean, uh, and found out that um, let's see here. All right. Anyway, um, I lost my lost my track. Uh, anyway, uh, there was a congressional hearing. And you had all these congressmen, Republican and Democrat, and they were asking Grush and these other guys, David Fravor and so on, uh, these questions, and they were good questions. Uh, Grush wanted to get into a skiff, which is a a, a, uh, a special room where there's no technology in it whatsoever. There's no recording devices anywhere. You leave your cell phones, your 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 watch, your wallet, everything. They close you in that room. There's no internet access in that room, nothing. It's where people can go and talk in complete silence and privacy. Uh, But anyway, uh, Grush wanted that. Congress was denied this. Congress is not supposed to be denied anything. They're Congress. They are the legitimate power of the United States of America. Over the weekend, uh, this this group sponsored a bill before Congress that, number one, it would allow Congress access to some of the more sensitive information that the CIA, the NSA, or any other group functioning inside the walls and halls of American government that would force them to release information to Congress, okay? Okay. That bill would do this. It would also set up a civilian um, panel that would review certain UFO information that could be brought out to light and that was not of a sensitive nature. That bill probably would have passed, but you had some high-ranking officials senators and whatnot, that didn't want it to pass, maybe because they knew these things were devils. But anyway, the committee came out over the weekend and told the reporters that were there. They said, listen, we have a serious problem. We're trying to get this bill passed. I'm here to tell you, We just heard the final word on it, and it just beat its last heartbeat. It's dead in the waters. It's not going anywhere. We will not get this bill passed, and not for what you think. He said it wasn't the intelligence committees of Congress that put a stop to this bill. He said it was the intelligence community of our government that stopped this bill. Now let me explain why that's so bad. Who funds the NSA? Congress. Who approves the appointments to certain um, uh, certain branches of the government? Congress. Who is it that oversees? the actions and the work of the CIA and the NSA, Congress. Who is the only legitimately elected people in the United States government? Is it the bureaucracy at the Department of Justice? No. Is it the bureaucracy and the, uh, the underhanded work of the NSA or the CIA? No. No. It's the congressmen. They were elected by the people and for the people to go and represent what we want represented from our district and our state. We live in a conservative district. So for the last several years, we've been electing conservative Republicans to Congress. They're the ones who are supposed to have the power. And again, he said, this is not, he said, he used a cuss word here. And he said, I don't know what the blank kind of government we have if this is true. And it's true. The intelligence community, people people who deal with sensitive information and who know what's going on, made phone calls and said, you're going to put a stop to this. We're, this is not going anywhere. It's not coming out. There's much more at stake than you can possibly fathom. And so you put the skids on this bill, and you do whatever you have to do, including break the law, but you're going to stop this bill, aren't you? And so what? whatever, however they did it, an unelected, bureaucracy has more power now than the United States Congress. That, my friends, is scary because five years from now, it may not be the issue of UFOs. It may be the issue of, well, we have all these people living in the country that take a literal interpretation of the Bible, we as the NSA and the CIA, we think they're dangerous. And so we need to probably take them down to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Or some other, you say that's not going to happen. Well, let me remind you that a lot of people in this country are on the side of Hamas and the Palestinian murderers, the kidnappers, the rapists, over the people of Israel. And that's how Hitler got it started. The gas chambers started with Hitler leading people into believing that the Jews were at fault for everything. Okay? Now, Um, there is, I know I just read it. I'm probably in the wrong place, but anyway, um, you know what? I'll find it this way. God is going to bring an army out of the North and I'll close with this. Uh, where is it? I think it's in Jeremiah. Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah 1.13, The word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seething pot, and the face thereof is toward the north. Then the Lord said unto me, Out of the north, and the evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord. And they shall come, and they shall set every one his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem. Now, You have to ask the question, who lives at the north? Nobody. Yeah, there's some research stations up there. Russians probably have a few ICBMs parked as close as they can get. Who knows? But no one lives up there. There is no country. There is no family of people living at the North Pole that are ready to come and rain fire down upon uh, the world. Um, Jeremiah 6. O ye children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem and blow the trumpet in Tekoa and set up a sign of fire in Beth Hacarim for evil appeareth out of the north and great destruction. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate woman. But pay attention to that. Here he says it again. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people, a people cometh from the north country. Is it Canada? Siberia? Where, what is that? And a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth the sides, the outsides, they shall lay hold on bow and spear. Now, if this prophecy has not yet been fulfilled, this is going to be the dumbest army in the world to show up against the military might of China, Russia, and the United States with bow's and spears we would mow them down in a matter of minutes it'd be over with um, and so let me keep reading this they shall lay hold on bone spear and they are cruel and have no mercy you know what that means they're they're a beast people their voice roareth like the sea And they ride upon horses. Again, if an army showed up to fight America, carrying bows and spears, riding on horses, we would win. And set array as men for war against the O daughter of Zion. We have heard the fame thereof, our hands wax feeble, anguish hath taken hold of us, and pain as of a woman in travail. Now there you have right there your connection two First Thessalonians chapter five. Let me get it right here. First Thessalonians five. But the, the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, let me say this I don't believe Christ is a thief. I've heard people say, yes, there was a Jewish tradition where uh, the the men uh, would go out, the young men would go out and pick a bride that they wanted to marry, and the tradition says that they would run into the city, and they would uh, snatch maidens out of their house, and they would bring them over to where they were going to get married, and they would get married right then and there. And that, you know, they came and stole the the bride away uh, from their family, and that's how it's going to happen with Jesus, because Jesus was a Jew, and Jesus would do that. Jesus does not steal. It's a commandment. It's like one of them. You can't, thou shalt not steal. And after all, Jesus doesn't need to steal his bride, does he? He paid for them. They are bought and paid for. So I don't believe Jesus is the thief. But I believe this army is. Uh, let me finish reading this. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. And I think there you have the introduction of Joel's army. Um, let's see here. Where was I going to look? He said he would come on them as a thief the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night but look at first peter 4 15 but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief so i don't get it but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief the day is going to take overtake people as a thief christ is not the thief he doesn't need to be um Oh, I don't know where I was wanting to look. Um, oh, yeah, I do now. That's what it was. Thank you, Lord. Th- this is Joel's army. They shall run to and fro in the city, and they shall run upon the wall, and they shall climb up upon ho- the houses, and they shall enter in at the windows like a thief. And my friends, my brothers and sisters, believe it or not, um. That's how a lot of alien abductions take place. They're carried, literally carried through the window. And I mean through the window. And stolen from their house, stolen from their parents, stolen from their bed. The thieves are the ones who take people against their will That's who the thieves are And I think when God releases that army And they come Like the thief that they are Christ is going to appear that's just a guess But I think that's what's gonna happen Hey, I love you Thank you for loving us. Thank you for supporting us and helping us Uh, Pray for the people of Kenya. We will probably be soon starting another feeding uh, sometime before Christmas. And uh, I would love for you to be blessed in that. All right? Uh, So you pray about that. And uh, you have a good weekend. We will see you Sunday morning. Come and be with us at Bethel. Think Bible.